Yo, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. As you guys know, I'm your host, the Afro Boy, Prince of Unity. And we back for another one. So, um, as you guys know, every Wednesday, uh, we do social and political topics. Uh, because these are those direct and tough conversations we need to have. These conversations that don't need to be ignored because... Um, these are the things that we need to be aware of, we need to pay attention to, that we need to get over as obstacles in the diaspora, in the black community, um, and even in the world. Because at some point, the, everything is a trickle effect. You know, one one thing that may affect uh, my diaspora, my community, my family, uh, my kingdom will eventually affect mankind and humankind. So to get into it, we're going to talk about a trending topic that's been around uh, Roe versus Wade. And Roe versus Wade... Uh, was originally a case in 1973, which was the landmark decision of the U.S. Supreme Court, which the court ruled that uh, the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government uh, restriction. Right. Uh, one of those resources where I got a statement was from Google. Uh, full disclaimer, uh, please do your own research whenever I go over any topics, any topics uh, that I do talk about from whatever segment um, is strictly uh, uh, based in my own opinion, formed of my conclusion um, and how I how I view it. Uh, but what made me ask this was, OK, how is this possible? One of the questions that came up is how is this possible for them to even overturn this decision? Uh, how many people are on the actual Supreme Court? You know, these are the these are the questions for those who uh, are going to be active in this space in defending us as a diaspora, us as black people, us as humankind uh, should be aware of. Whether you're talking about legally as a lawyer, uh, as a person who is is an activist, as a person who votes, like you're in that realm. These one of the things you will want to know and should know. So I Googled it for myself. You know, I Google a lot of things, right? So I said, well, how many people are actually on the Supreme Court? And it says that there are, via Google, it says that there are nine Supreme Court justices. So I said, okay, so what is the ratio? Because this is a very uh, women-directed topic, so gender-based topic. I said, well, okay, what's the ratio from men to women, right? So out of the nine Supreme Court justices who would make these decisions, five of them are men and four are women, including um, Katanji uh, Brown, right? So she's the fourth. Now, uh, the sad thing about this because the, the draft that came out, the, the way, to give you a little backstory, the way this came out was that someone leaked the draft opinion. And the draft opinion is the basic, basically what they're saying is the opinion of the majority. And the, the opinion of the majority is that this could fall through. So I said, well, how? No matter how you cut it, um, unfortunately, men have the majority as the ratio for men to women. There are five men and four women. Same way in the Senate. At the end of the day, uh, when they go through what they call reconciliation, I believe that's how you say it, um, 
the 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 winning side would be the Democratic Party because there's a 51 to 50 vote. So same with here. There's a five to four vote. So someone has to be swayed, uh, which I, I am making the uh, assumption. Now, I'm only speaking this as general and I'm speaking this more of the after effect and I'll get into the how it affects the community. I, I am not speaking on this um, as a man. I'm speaking on how I perceive why this is important in the in a commutative basis more so. But what this affects to women and what this affects to black women. Um, but men held the majority in the case, right? So uh, another resource that I came across was WBEZ Chicago. Um, I am a Chicagoan. And it says nearly one fourth of women in the U.S. are expected to get an abortion at some point in their lives, according to a 2017 study. Now, even though this is about once five years ago, uh, five years ago isn't that long. So that means that someone is 25. At that point, they were 20. Uh, in the same way, our economical status hasn't changed much in five years. Maybe this status hasn't either, right? As far as the overall. I mean, that's sad to see, right? And another reason that this is so damaging is because the way that this will be rolled out as an after effect of this decision. If it is overturned, what a lot of people may not know is that there are 18 states that have trigger laws to ban abortion if Roe is overturned, right? And what is what is a trigger law? Um, the basis, and I'm paraphrasing, of what a trigger law is, is that these are already premeditated measures that are taken and that can be put into effect right after the decision, right? Like they're, they're preliminary uh, measures that 18 states have already taken, right? Uh, so according to the Gut Mancher Institution, a research group that supports abortions writes, says that 58% of U.S. women of the reproductive of reproductive living in a state are are living in the states. This is according to the 18 states, but 50% of U.S. women are living in the states that are hostile towards uh, abortion. Basically, in short, that's like pro-life. Uh, more than half of our women live in these states. Uh, now, it says that the drafted opinion, right, of of the overall overturning of the Roe versus Wade would not. Let me clarify this while we talk about this. It will not ban abortions nationwide, but instead allow states to drastically restrict or even ban abortions, which advocates for reproductive rights, saying it could have systemic consequences for the country. It's true, right? It says that more than 20 states have laws that could restrict the ban of abortions. So this is why I want to talk about this, this all in all. Uh, 
I don't think that people are really taking into account uh, the more shunned reasons why um, women uh, may have taken this route, right? Women um, do get essayed. They do get essayed. So in that instance, they're saying that this this situation did not happen out of love. It did not happen out of choice. That does not mean that they don't love their life, but the way that the essay happened, it did not happen out of love. It did not happen out of choice. And I'm, again, making the assumption that all women agree with this, that um, there should be a choice in that matter. Should be a choice, and no matter when when it comes out of evil acts. Um, another thing is, let's say this does happen. No one thinks about the health effects that impact women, especially black women, right? So, two things that has been a notion that has that has been screamed across the internet, but sort of have been a little ignored, is that um, women. Um, in this world, don't feel protected, right? Uh, and that uh, women get essayed uh, at, a, at a very high rate, uh, especially black women. Black women go missing, get essayed uh, a lot. I don't have the actual percentages, but again, take notes. Uh, from the social majority, it is high. So from that account, that's also high. That means that uh, all these women will have to go to the hospitals. What is the rate of of health complications when you're giving birth? Because essentially, what I don't feel people are thinking about, okay, so all these women have to give birth now, right? You're sort of putting them between a rock and a hard place, depending on the restrictions and complications. They still have to give birth, right, after the nine months or, or even premature. Because that does happen. Babies get born premature. I was born premature. So, um, you risk the life of the woman, not only the woman and the child, right? So, you risk the life of the woman giving birth, whether it be too early or just having to give birth at all. Their life expectancy or risk of life uh, goes up. Then you have the collective and the community of after effect of how this may negatively impact our community, mankind and my black community. The economic status of people have not changed. So you're now going to birth a whole generation of kids into what is perceived as. Struggle, poverty, economical upside, basically, right? You're not well. You're not an upside, economical downside, because there's still poverty in in the hoods. Uh, there is no there is no massive growth. So all these kids are getting born into a poverty stricken environment. How do you think that's going to play out for them when they do get? 
the age between 17 and 18, between 16, pretty much 16 and 18, right? So that whole new generation, if nothing has just changed for the progressing, they now become and get birthed into this statistic, right? So they get added, they get numbered, they get back into mass incarcerations. All these decisions that you make now become a, a permanent or after effect of these births in the future. Not just talking about physically what will happen to women, the complication that will physically happen to women now, but the, the, the economical impact of what can happen to the kids who are born from this after that. Like, it, it's, it's so much deeper than that. That's why I feel like certain things, you do have to take time before you just make a decision. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. What, what do you mean you're doing this? How is this a positive impact? How, how is this the thing to do at this time? Why is this on the agenda versus everything else? Right? So I really wanted to people to, to look at that from a social aspect, from a health aspect. Social aspect is, again, adoptions. Right? Foster care isn't 100% preventative when it comes to... Um, child endangerment so you have that aspect of the child there are so many layers to this there's health care with the with the with the life of the, the the baby with the life of the the woman there's the economical aspects of how will the woman take care of them if they're able to get section eight if they are able to take care of the baby at all how will their life be on an economical status right it's not everybody who's who may or may not have to have the baby at this time. If these things play out this way, will be at, at a they might not be at nine to five. They might not be at at a, at a salary based maintainable job that gives you a, a the minimum wage to have some form of a living. That might not happen for them at all. And then the the the, the justice system aspect. DHS comes, not only will there, are, will there be parental charges because, you know, child endangerment, uh, the laws that can, that can be uh, enforced upon the, the birth parents or the parents or guardians. And in the future of these kids who are born from these decisions that we make now, what happens when they turn 16 to 18? Being 16, you can be tried as an adult all the way up to 18 when you are going to be tried as an adult because of decisions that would be perceived as probably someone's grandparents or parents made at this time. We have to think these things over. And as a part of the collective, um, even though I know that this is a very uh, more so woman voice topic. As, as a man, and I feel like as a man, we have to think about these things because our votes uh, matter in this instance as far as political power to overturn these things. If we think these are wrong um, and we are supposed to be here as men to support as, as good men. I was just talking about this as good men. We are supposed to be here to say our women don't want this and we are going to side with our women on this, especially our black men. So black men, we have to be on the side, especially the majority side of black women, 
that say they don't want this. Like, oh, our, our women saying no. Our women saying this is wrong for us and we're going to fight for our women and uh, the children that we do have out here. And we're going to fight for the children no matter which way the scales may tip. We as the men have to be the bodyguards for our collective community. So this is why this should matter to us as men. This isn't just a, a woman's topic. Oh, that's a woman's issue. Yes, it directly affects the woman right then and there. But what happens when that woman needs the men of the community to help her with these decisions and the after effects of this child coming into this earth, needing to be adopted, needing to be taken care of, needing support? She will look for us as men, regardless of her lifestyle. They will look towards us as men to help them through this. So this is where we come up come along in the situation as a collective, as the protectors, as the providers. This is where we matter. Right. And I, I say this because I feel like I have to remind a lot of our men that. Regardless, if it's a, a woman push issue at some point in that issue, we will matter and we will be needed. And we have to remember that. Yeah, a place may not always be right in the gun hole, right in the 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 action when it first kicks off. We will be needed throughout that fight. We will definitely be needed throughout uh, this fight, regardless of the decision. Uh, so that's my piece. Hopefully you guys share, like the podcast, share it, give us a five star rating. Everybody on Spotify, like support everybody on YouTube, like support the channel. Everybody uh, on Facebook, like and support the channel. And follow me on TikTok and Instagram, Afroboy underscore Prince Unity. And I will holler at y'all later.